Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. The Annie Fry Show YouTube live chat poll of the day is sponsored by Ruler Foods. Low prices, no coupons. Ruler Foods. That is exactly what I needed to hear. Thank God someone here knows what they're talking about. That's us. That's right. Gotta love this American ride. Right, you need to take the time and get the full picture. I love the ladies. I mean, they rev my engine, but they don't belong in the newsroom. It is Anchor Man, not Anchor Lady. Goodness sake, kid. Keep your voice down. Your father's listening to the radio. I'm not This is the Annie Fry Show. What I'm saying is that we're going to immediately drill, baby drill. We're going to get energy down. And the other thing is we're going to have a strong border. We're going to close up the border because no country is sustainable. When you look at what's happening to our country with people from jails and prisons, people from mental institutions and insane asylums coming in, uh, it's uh, our country is being destroyed. Donald Trump interviewed with Maria Bartiromo this weekend and he's hitting on several things there when he's talking about we're going to drill, get energy uh, going, get the prices down for Americans. And then he talks about how we're going to close up the border. The YouTube live chat poll for today hits on both of those things. And you can go to the Annie Fry YouTube channel. Which issue will most greatly affect the outcome of the November 2024 election? You have four choices. Is it the economy? Is it the immigration and the border? Is it abortion or is it something else? Now, abortion is one of those issues that will always be top of mind for those vote, those who are on the left. They want to keep it top of your mind so that you use it as a motivator to show up to the polls. And they've been effective in doing it so far. I don't know how many how many different options there will be across the states for Voting on abortion access because it's a state rule now, state law, excuse me, because of the repeal of Roe v. Wade. But I'd like to know what you think, Brad. I'll give you the opportunity to answer this question now first. Economy, the immigration slash the border, abortion, do you think is something else that's going to be the biggest issue affecting the outcome of this November election? I really think it's going to be immigration and the border. I, I don't see the situation at the border getting better. I think that... 
based on what we've seen, we've seen videos of Chicago residents and residents of blue cities whenever they're having services that, that were um, provided to them now being removed and given to illegal immigrants. They're not happy about that. And they're looking at saying, who's doing these policies? Who's making these policies? Now that people are starting to feel the hurt of the southern border, they're going to respond to it. And I think that's why I picked that as the biggest issue that will drive the election. I, I It definitely is the most... Uh... I don't I don't I was going to say like the outlier one, the one that is not generally part of your normal existence. You don't think that in America you need to be worrying about fentanyl coming into your home and your child making one sad, sorry mistake that ends his or her life. You don't have you don't normally think about your tax dollars as something that comes out of your paycheck and then goes to someone who just got here while giving you the double bird on the way out of the <laughs> yeah no p- police station because there's no cash I mean it's to me I feel like in this last week the immigration border issue that the Democrats have been cultivating in my opinion working hard to use this as the as, as great of an impact as they possibly can while they have the ability to do so, which is why Joe Biden, in his first 100 days, signed 94 executive orders overturning what Donald Trump did to secure the southern border. That's the power, mm-hmm. sir. You have it. You should know it. You've already used it. Now, if you've forgotten that you've used it, that's a different discussion, which kind of goes to uh, Doug's comment here on the YouTube channel. He says it'll be something else. It'll be decided on personality, just like 2020. Among informed voters, though, it's A and B, economy and immigration. Uh, another person here said, Josh, I appreciate this response. Josh said something else, general competence, which I think is in the favor of Donald Trump. <laughs> I think it leans uh, point Trump in that regard. Um, Robert says... <laughs> Uh, based on the last couple of elections, abortions. And Jay Pierce says, voted for the economy. However, the immigration border definitely would be my second choice. Donald Trump is speaking about these particular issues in a way that I think is important for people to pay attention to because these are the issues that are affecting people. These are the issues that are affecting everyday Americans. He spoke on that New York incident. We cannot allow scenes like I saw in New York two days ago where policemen are being beat up by gangs of illegal immigrants, in that case from Venezuela, Honduras. We can't allow that. And these are kids that are fighters. They were not, you know, babies. They were knocking the hell out of our policemen. We can't let this happen. Brad, do you feel the sea change at all with that photograph of that guy giving the double bird? Oh, man. I have seen nothing but anger and outrage at that photo. That man right there may have thrown this election toward Donald Trump with with that one simple little arrogant, defiant reaction. It, it What that picture does is it takes this whole narrative that has been put out there. These are people. These are your uh, what's the Statue of Liberty say? Your huddled masses, your poor it takes that whole, these are just people seeking asylum, they're good people, they just want a better life, and it turns that right on its head because this man beat a police officer, him and his buddy beat a police officer, and because of the laws in New York, he went to court and was released with no bail. Assaulted a police officer, like on the ground, punching him, kicking him, fighting with him. 
stuff that sends people to jail and to jail for a long time, he gets out without having to spend a dime. And and then comes out and has the audacity and arrogance to flip off bo- with two fingers all the cameras that are filming him. Mm-hmm. It just it cr- makes my skin crawl. Yeah, like I don't know how somebody just didn't. Of course, you say how didn't somebody just jump in there? And then you see the 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 guy from the subway. I can't think of his name right now. That that subdued that man who ended up dying. And now he's Penny. Be- yeah, and he's being prosecuted by the city of New York. You don't have to work hard at all. To see the results of blue city policies versus red city policies, blue state policies versus red state policies. And that uh, CNN comment, that that law expert on CNN who was talking about how they steal in New York, they spend in Florida, and then they go back to New York. And the commentators are like, why don't they just stay in Florida? And he goes, you go to jail in Florida. It's clear. Who's the bad guy in New York City? Who is the person in, in, in New York that Alvin Bragg is willing to prosecute? The answer is clear. It's crystal clear. It's right in front of all of our faces. And you can choose to pay attention to it. Or you can choose to ignore it. Even a lot of these Jesse Waters does on his show, at the end of his show, he does kind of like a man on the street thing with, what's his, his guy's name? I can't remember what his man on the street is. But he used to, I don't know how many of y'all, you probably all know this, but uh, Jesse Waters was Bill O'Reilly's producer and man on the street. Yes. Waters World was a segment on the O'Reilly factor. And Jesse Waters was this kind of young, kind of punkish, would pop his collar when he would go to the beach. <laughs> he'd be wearing a bright pink polo shirt and everything. And then he'd ask these kind of questions. And he'd be kind of charming to people. He'd be able to get them to talk to him and say things. And now he's got a guy doing it. And this guy who's doing it is fantastic. Uh, we should get him on. Okay. Let's get him. I'll see if I can do that. We want Jesse Waters. Jesse Waters has a book out. We're working on that. But let's get Jesse Waters' man on the street. I would love that. I'll jump on that. Um, But they talk to a lot of these young people. And Joe Concha mentioned this earlier. It's a very important point. That these young people, we were discussing the Taylor Swift factor uh, since she's perpetually in the news. If, If Taylor Swift comes out and says, Joe Biden... Joe Biden's our guy, which would just be so ridiculous if she were to do that. She should just stay out of it. She doesn't have to say anything. Like, she literally doesn't have to say anything. If she were to come out and say Joe Biden is is the person, there are a lot of people who are her young, influenceable fans who have serious problems with what Joe Biden has been doing. Funding Ukraine. Funding Israel, I mean, they don't like the way that Joe Biden, a lot of them don't like the way that Joe Biden is handling the American role in the Israel-Hamas uh, conflict. It, to me, it's like, if you're Taylor Swift and you come out, it's not, it's not as easy as it probably was in 2020. Mm-hmm. Or in 2016, Hillary Clinton, woman, girl power, yay. <laughs> you come out and you say Hillary Clinton, you can say that in a kind of shallow way and affect an outcome and kind of move on and stay in your lane still. If if anybody comes out, this is what we were talking about with 50 Cent and this is what we were talking about with Snoop Dogg, Big Mike. That's the rapper's name, right? Killer Mike. Killer Mike. Big Mike is something else. Yes. Dang it. Killer Mike. You can see how how <laughs> in tune I am to the rap world. Uh, you, you can see how when they make a statement... 
about being pro-Trump, they're they're making a choice. They're making it's it's potentially sacrificial. Why why would Taylor Swift, who is a pop icon, want to parse any of the fans that she has into us and them? I I don't see how that would possibly be the case, especially for this for this guy. If it were a different candidate, I think it, we, we would be having a different conversation. But we're not. Before we get to a break here, I wanted to play this clip for you. Nikki Haley found herself on SNL. My question is, why won't you debate Nikki Haley? Oh, my God, it's her. The woman who was in charge of security on January 6th. It's Nancy Pelosi. For the 100th time, that is not Nancy Pelosi. It is Nikki Haley. Are you doing okay, Donald? You might need a mental competency test. You know what I did? I took the test and I aced it. Okay, perfect score. They said I'm 100% mental. And, you know, I'm competent because I'm a man. That's why a woman should never run our economy. Women are terrible with money. In fact, a woman I know recently asked me for $83.3 million. You know, I, I don't sense anything other than... Uh, it's not quite desperation, but what I do feel like it is, is Nikki, do you know you're being used? Mm. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. In the SNL world, if you want to attack Donald Trump, you're pretty much welcome. Mm-hmm. Why would Nikki Haley, I mean, that wasn't even funny. No. Again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, why would Nikki Haley do it? You said, I think you said it. I think it's desperation. She's trying anything that she can to make some waves, to make some noise. And really, whenever we looked at some of the the uh, what do you call it exit polling from the uh, the primaries, mm-hmm. a vastly large chunk of Nikki Haley's support came from Democrats who crossed over. And we've only had two opportunities to look at this, and in one of them, Democrats can just come over and vote. Yeah. It doesn't mean that they're going to vote that way in the general. I would actually, you know, there was an interview with one of them says, yeah, I would vote for Nikki. I voted for Nikki Haley in the primary, but I absolutely have no intention on voting for her in the general. And it's like, so what? I mean, you win what? You win the primary, which you're not going to with Democrat support. And then you're going to go out there and think you're going to win the general. You can't build your base with that by alienating the people that you will need to win the general. I feel it's, my question to what I'm thinking about this is, is Nikki Haley still taking her presidential run seriously? Because I, I think it might have been two election cycles ago. I was tipped off to this. And I can't unsee it and I can't unthink it. But just the the monetary benefit. And the name that the name recognition that you build in a presidential campaign, if you can live in that even 2 to 8% range for a good amount of time, you can build your own political capital, your name recognition, significantly. I don't know that Nikki Haley, who was the governor of South Carolina, who was the ambassador to the U.N., like, does she really need name recognition? I don't know. But if she is doing the bidding of other people the way that a lot of people are accusing her of you know, Ron DeSantis thing was that Donald Trump is in it for his issues. Nikki Haley's in it for her donors' issues. I'm in it for your issues. Good slogan. Made mm-hmm. sense. Um, if the Nikki Haley part of that is true, 
then this is this is just such a waste of time. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to do something like SNL so that you can what appears to be like compete against Donald Trump, it's not a fair fight. No. And if Donald Trump is going to win, is going to kick your butt in your home state and you're not going to win anywhere. And it's so obvious. It's so obvious that this primary race is over. I don't understand what benefit the American people get out of Nikki Haley staying in the race, which makes me pivot to what is Nikki Haley getting out of staying in the race? And that's just kind of gross. And if you're willing to, you know, hurt your party mates in the process, knowing that you are not going to be able to pull this off, I just, it's gross to me. Yeah. Unless I'm reading it wrong. Yeah, you're right. I don't, (laughs) it is gross. What's in it for her? I don't know what's in it for the American people. I've looked at it. I've looked at it. Um, I, I can't see it. I like Nikki Haley's campaign seems to be built on the dying, uh, breaths of, of an older, you know, GOP different era, you know, that Donald Trump basically came in and took a sledgehammer to, I feel like that era of the GOP is over and there's people out there desperately clinging, trying to pull it back. But I don't know what Nikki Haley, I still, I don't know what Nikki Haley gets out of it because it, because it does, it looks weak. It looks desperate. Um, I don't know that the name rec- recognition is good. If if the what people associate with your name is, is getting your butt whipped in your home state and people don't understand why you ran for president. Like, is your legacy going to be that person that ran for president, which nobody thought you had any business doing anyway? How does that help her? And yeah, I don't I don't know. If you raise money, can't you take money that you've raised that people have donated to your campaign and then donate it to other campaigns? That I don't know. I don't know anything about campaign law. Hmm. I think you can. So money coming in is still money coming in. And then if, if you have money coming in and then you have the opportunity to have money going out, that's influence. Mm-hmm. Money, influence, power. Anyway, <laughs> let's close down the border with Robert Law when we come back. How's that sound? If only it were that easy, I bet Bob Law would like, or Rob Law, excuse me, would like that to be the case as well. He's the director of the Center for Homeland Security and Immigration at America First Policy Institute. He's also the former chief of policy at the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services within the Department of Homeland Security for the Trump administration. Rob Law on The Annie Fry Show. We come back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I just believe that there are enough Republicans in the Senate who are sincere about solving the problem, as opposed to those who want chaos at the border because Donald Trump thinks it's a good election issue that we can get this passed. But we'll see. We'll have a vote in the next uh, two to three days to get onto the bill, and that will tell us whether we still have the support we need or whether Donald Trump has prevailed here. Oh, man. And these people, that's Senator Chris Murphy, a Democrat from Connecticut, who is a co-author of this bill. And if you had any questions about whether or not they were trying to solve the border issue with this bill or if, mind blown, they're going to try to make this all about Donald Trump once again. 
Uh, I think you could just listen to his words right there. I would like to make it all about Donald Trump. I would like him to get uh, reelected in November so that he could put back into place his policies that had our border much more secure than it is right now. Let's get some expert, not just bloviating opinions like mine. <laughs> Let's get an expert's a thought on this. The director of the Center for Homeland Security and Immigration and America First Policy Institute, also the former chief of policy at the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services within the Department of Homeland Security for the Trump administration. Rob Law joins us right now. Thank you so much for being with us here today, uh, especially after this bill has been put out for people to read. Can't wait to hear what you think of it. Well, thanks for having me on. And this, this bill is worse than advertised. Um, you know, I was, was trying to hold off on criticism based off of reports because, you know, the words matter of legislative language. And frankly, this bill institutionalizes the record levels of illegal immigration that we've seen during the Biden administration. And it would actually hinder a President Trump or a future America First president from enforcing the law and, and truly securing the border. So uh, happy to dig into some of the specifics, but uh, this bill is not the right solution. You know, one of the things that I've seen either be talked about, this is obviously ink on paper, is what the Biden administration tends to do is streamline the process of people coming in. And the analogy I've used before in this show is it's like the patient is on the table, it's bleeding out, and they're asking for mops and buckets to make sure that it's a clean bleeding out, as opposed to let's get somebody in here to stop the bleeding. They don't seem to understand that we need to stop the problem in its tracks or they benefit from the problem status quo. What's your thoughts on that? Well, I think you're right that they absolutely do benefit from basically breaking the system because everyone probably remembers President Trump established the most secure southern border in our nation's history. And on day one, President Biden came in and undid every effective policy and has basically invited this invasion. And so, again, instead of turning back to the proven policies of the Trump administration, the remain in Mexico policy, the asylum cooperative agreements with the Northern Triangle countries, fully utilizing expedited removal authority, instead of doing all those things that are proven, tried and true, and you know how they work, this bill creates this unnecessarily convoluted and complex and frankly confusing system which illegal aliens will go through when they will continue to make their fraudulent asylum claims. Uh, it will reward them with work permits at a quicker clip than they're currently getting them. Uh, and this notion that they're shutting down the border is just absolutely preposterous. It, it doesn't do that. Uh, and as I said at the onset, it institutionalizes a level of illegal immigration that we had never seen in the history of our country before Joe Biden took over. One of the things you just said there is that it would this law, this bill, should it become law, would make it more complicated for President Trump or any president to enforce the border. Can you can you really plain explain that to me, how that would come out of this bill or maybe what the Democrats are after here? Sure. So uh, a couple of things. So under current law, as as I just mentioned, there's the remain in Mexico uh, policy, which is you have the ability to make illegal aliens wait in Mexico until they have their asylum claims. This new process would essentially require a President Trump or a, a subsequent administration to do a, what's called a nationwide catch and release, basically allow illegal aliens into the country, cut them loose and hope that they check in with you periodically while they wait for their, for their case. 
secondarily, there is an authority that people may have heard uh, referred to as Section 212F of the immigration laws. And that is a very broad authority. Uh, President Trump used it several times to deny the entry of aliens into our country. And if you now have an authority that has a trigger at 5,000 illegal aliens per day before you can even temporarily so-called shut down the border with loopholes, I I think a case would be made that that is Congress saying that anything less than 5,000 per day, which is the equivalent of 1.8 million illegal aliens a year, Uh, is no longer constitutes a crisis, is no longer detrimental, that that is de facto acceptable. And so uh, if President Trump wanted to come back in and and try to shut down the border with a 212F, I I think that, you know, you would have open borders groups that would go to go to court immediately and try to block that. So you're actually limiting the very powerful tools that are in the law today by creating these new authorities. We're speaking with Rob Law. He's the director of the Center for Homeland Security and Immigration at the America First Policy Institute. Now, you have a particular set of skills and knowledge and expertise when it comes to policy because you've done this. You were the chief of policy at the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services within the Trump administration. So you've got a couple things here that I really want to tap into, actual policy experience and working with Donald Trump and the Donald Trump administration. What do voters, and I'm talking about people like, I, I don't know if you saw 50 Cent, came out and said on, on I, I know the New York Post reporter, I think he said on Twitter, about the $53 million that New York City is going to invest in prepaid credit cards to immigrants so that they can get the things that they need. And these pe- these immigrants who beat these cops in New York City came out and then flipped the double bird to all of America and all of the taxpayers who are funding this no-cash bail system I mean, a lot of people out there have having had enough and people like 50 Cent are out there having uh, public commentary about it. Elon Musk has certainly said a lot about the immigration uh, issues. We are seeing people who don't normally comment on issues specifically like this immigration one paying attention. Talk to me about policy. Should Donald Trump be elected or a Republican be elected? The America First Policy Institute uh, advocacy here. For what really can happen and should happen with the problem at the border. Sure. Well, like I said, as long as this terrible Senate bill does not become law, uh, there's already existing authority to to get the job done to secure the border right away. Um, and rightfully so, American people, every state has been turned into a border state because of the open border policies of, of Joe Biden over the last three years. Uh, and so instead of taxpayer dollars going to fund the lifestyle of illegal aliens here, you would put in place proven policies like remain in Mexico, uh, and you would actually allow ICE to do their job. ICE is our immigration enforcement guys on the inside of the country. Right now, they've basically been chained to a desk, told they can barely remove anybody. And it's about 3% of the illegal aliens that have been coming across the border at record numbers that are actually being removed uh, from American communities every year. Uh, just let them start to do their job and you will start to see that impact. If, and if you cut off all of these uh, incentives, these work permits, you know, the, all these freebies through the, these nonprofit groups that the, basically our taxpayer dollars are being funneled to these groups that are then suing the federal government for the benefit of illegal aliens. And all of those things, President Trump or the next America First president could come in, day one, does not need a new piece of legislation from Congress 
uh, to do all of all of those. And those are those are true America first policies right there. Is there uh, is there reality? Can we can we base the response to the people who have already come here in reality that there's actually a catch and deport uh, policy that will have to be put into place and can be manageable in the future once we get that border secure? So it'll certainly be difficult. Uh, it's kind of like the old saying, you know, how do you eat an elephant, you know, one bite at a time. Um, and, and that's really what you do is you look at the easiest populations to remove. You have a, almost one and a half million illegal aliens who have gone through the entire immigration court system, have received what's called a final order of removal, which means they've exhausted all of their opportunities to contest uh, their, their deportation, and they still refuse to leave. You, you, those, those are the people that as soon as ICE were to get a hold of them, you can return them. You have criminal aliens currently sitting in federal and state jails. You could go in and remove them as well. And as ICE is able to do their job and just as they come across illegal aliens and they partner with state and local law enforcement officials, turn them into a force multiplier, welcome their assistance as opposed to rejecting mm-hmm. it, which is what Biden has done. You start to show inroads on that front. I'm not going to suggest that the entire illegal alien population can be removed overnight or in even just a matter of months. But right now, what we do know is that ICE is not doing their job. They are not removing people. And when you don't remove people, that encourages more to come. As you start to remove people, some will remove themselves. And then most importantly, the next wave of legal immigration doesn't come because it's just not worth it anymore when you know that there are actually consequences. Rob Law, one last question before I let you go. I, I live I'm here in St. Louis, but I live across the river in Illinois and we are a sanctuary state. And I know that ICE or the police, the local police are not allowed to contact ICE if they understand the, the, the status, the legal status of somebody who they are in conflict with is in question. And this is part of that sanctuary state status that Illinois has. I'm sure other states have varying degrees of sanctuary in many of the blue states around the country. Is that legal? And is there something that needs to be done uh, on, on a federal level that says that states can't choose to disobey these laws that are in conflict with what is going on at a federal level? Well, you raise a really important point, which is, all of these sanctuary policies are in direct violation of the law. Our immigration system is supposed to be a federal policy, a uniform policy across the entire country. And what these sanctuary cities did, mostly during the Trump administration, when you had uh, a president who actually wanted to enforce the law, was they obstructed the ability to enforce our immigration laws. They bragged about it openly. They welcomed illegal aliens and said, and marketed that they will protect you from Donald Trump's, you know, <laughs> deportations. And then all of a sudden, when Biden opens up the border to basically the entire world and all of their resources get drained, now it's suddenly not as fashionable to be a sanctuary city. Um, so really, if these sanctuary cities wanted to do the right thing, they should terminate those policies because they're already unlawful. Um, and I would hope that the next America First administration would come in, bring those jurisdictions to court the way the Biden administration has challenge Texas for just trying to, you know, maintain some sovereignty, um, you know, cut off federal funds to sanctuary jurisdictions until they return to compliance with with federal law. But they are absolutely violating the law. You don't get to pick and choose 
uh, which aspects of our immigration laws you get to you get to follow. Uh, I'm so glad you you explained that because it's very frustrating to see the as an Illinois and myself. Governor J.B. Pritzker complaining about Texas not handling their business when when he was very willfully politically inviting this problem onto our doorsteps as taxpayers when Donald Trump was president. What a great way to explain it. We appreciate that. Thank you for being with us today. We look forward to having you back. This issue's not going anywhere. That's for sure. Thank you. Of course. Bye-bye. Robert Law, director of the Center for Homeland Security and Immigration at America First Policy Institute, former chief of policy at the United States Citizenship and Immigration Services within the the Department of Homeland Security for the Trump administration. Check out AmericaFirstPolicy.com. Lots of great stuff there. All right. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to have a discussion a little bit more on this, which issue will most greatly affect the outcome of the November 2024 election. That's the YouTube live chat poll for today. We want to know what you think. Uh, Let's see here. Dean on YouTube says border and economy are both huge. While media is flooding everything, everyone with border crisis, the economy is felt personally by more people. Bob said, I voted the economy. People always vote with their wallets. What do you think? Go to the Annie Fry YouTube channel, vote, leave a comment. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Annie Fry Show. Did you watch the Grammys last night? I did not. When was the last time you watched an award show? Ooh, uh, prior to 2020. I don't know exactly when prior to 2020. Did you do it on purpose? No. <laughs> So yeah, it's not like you're an award show person. Like, no, 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 no. If I come across like an award show and the host is doing a, a monologue or whatever, then I'll leave it on. And if if they're doing a good job, if they're Ricky funny, Gervais. Oh my gosh, I would have watched that and ate up every minute of it. But I didn't catch that one live. You ever gone back and just rewatched it? It's, oh yeah. It's fireier each time you watch it. <laughs> oh, whoa, my, whoa. My, my favorite pot parts are whenever they show the shots of the audience mm-hmm. and he they are squirming. Isn't there's a really famous Tom Hanks gif? I think from mm-hmm. the Ricky Gervais thing. I don't. Who even hosted the Grammys? I don't even know who hosted last night. Trevor Noah. Oh yeah. Trevor Noah. Yeah. What is he? I mean, does he still have a show? No. Uh, he was on the Daily Show and he resigned from the Daily Show. Uh, there's speculation that it wasn't really a resignation because the numbers weren't that great. John Stewart's now doing Mondays on the Daily yeah, Show. Yeah, Mondays, and they're trying to revive it. I don't know if it's gonna work. John Stewart, it'll it'll it would work. It would work for what it is. John Stewart is he had such a huge impact on how people consume news. He was the way people consume news. John Stewart would also, especially at first, he would hit both sides. He was definitely a, a bleeding heart lib, but he would call out the left when they were being so obviously ridiculous. Like, I kind of would like to see what Jon Stewart would say in this day and age. Because Jon Stewart today kind of seems like the get-off-my-lawn guy. He kind of seems angry at everything. Yeah, but if you go back and listen to his podcast that he had on Apple Podcasts, I think he did 20 episodes or something. Was it one episode? I don't remember. He didn't do a lot of episodes. It was the I think it was called The Issue with Jon Stewart. <laughs> 
And uh, he was just, I mean, he was just another left wing mouthpiece, just parroting everything he would have. Um, That's good. That lane's not crowded at all. Yeah. He would just have (laughs) random, like, low-level GOP politicians on and just berate them for the whole time. And it didn't stick. It didn't take off. So that's why he's doing The Daily Show again. On Mondays. (laughs) On Mondays, yeah. (laughs) Um, I know Taylor Swift won Album of the Year, which I read on Twitter. It took me a long time to realize what AOTY meant. It means Album of the Year. I didn't speak Grammys Twitter before last night. Uh, but there's a lot of a lot of s- frustration out there among some people because of the way she greeted Celine Dion or didn't greet Celine Dion. And I just think anytime there's there's a night like that, and the only reason I knew that the Grammys were last night is because I crawled in bed and I wasn't quite sleepy, so I looked at Twitter. Oh, the Grammys are on. This is what people are angry about. It's like this entire world exists where people are super passionate about like like winning album of the year means something to people. It doesn't mean anything to me. I don't even know what the album was that she won for. I couldn't give you the name if 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 I had to because it's not important to me. That doesn't mean it's not important to people. My perspective on it doesn't mean that it's anybody else's perspective on it, but it is quite interesting to know that I could be nightly involved in or observing people who talk about politics the same way that Grammys people talk about Grammys or Taylor Swift people talk about Taylor Swift or Beyonce people talk about Beyonce, Jay-Z people talk about Jay-Z, that when you have a night like that, if it's, you know, tomorrow's the Nevada primary or caucus, one or the other, and it'll be interesting to see how that goes and people will be on Twitter talking about it. And the people who are bent out of shape one way or the other over what Taylor Swift and Celine Dion did very likely don't care about the fact that Nevada is voting tomorrow. So it's it's weird to have the same level of passion and interest, like the passion amount can be the same about such very different things, and they don't intersect much. But they're all taking place in the same platform. They're all taking place right there on Twitter, and that's where people go to talk about these things. And it, when when we wring our hands and pull our hair out over, like, how can people not see what's going on at the border? How can people not vote for Donald Trump and see what's going on in the border? And it's because they're mad because Celine Dion and Taylor yeah. Swift did something that they weren't supposed to do or didn't do something they were supposed to do. They're just not paying attention. Yeah. You could have your eyes wide open and the other, the people who we need to persuade aren't even aware that our big deal is going on. It's frustrating, but it's very true. And I would think that we're probably in a pretty significant minority. Yeah. Well, yeah, whenever you look at the, the numbers of people that actually even go out and vote, even on a, on a good year, uh, 2020 was an anomaly. But up to that point, you're not getting but 10, 15, 20 percent of the populace out there even engaging in the election process. And you you brought up this story a couple months ago. You said you had a friend. This is like when Donald Trump. After Donald Trump had announced, you know, you know, and I think he had been raided by the FBI already and all this other stuff. And your friend goes, oh, yes, you think he's going to run again? And it's like he's running. He's been running. Yeah, he's been running for months and months. And that's just the way I mean, it's important to understand that reality, though. Like mm -hmm. that is what is real. Yeah. 
Do you think people stay out of politics because it's just too stressful for yes, them? Yes, they tell me that every day. I, who's I having a conversation with just yesterday or the day before? Yeah, it was, it was Saturday at a basketball tournament that I was at, and people were like, hey, you know, what do you think about this? Or I was, I, I heard that, and and it always ends with, you know, I just, I can't, I can't take it every day. It's just so much, and it's because those people care. Mm-hmm. They care enough to know what's going on, but it is burdensome to watch right now for somebody like me and likely somebody like you listening to the show right now. It's burdensome to watch what Joe Biden is doing to this country and to you every single day. And the flip side of that is hard to understand if you have the same perspective that I do, that when Donald Trump is the president, it is burdensome for those people to wake up every day and watch what they think that Donald Trump is doing to the country. The difference in those two elements in my mind, from my perspective, is the willfulness for the media to just prop up the Democratic side of the aisle. I was going to say one particular side, but no, let's say it out loud. The 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 status quo media needs the Democrat bureaucracy and political class to stay the same. They can't afford for it to change. I don't understand why. I don't, you know, like at the end of the day, I see what you're sacrificing, your integrity. At what cost? What was what was worth your integrity? To not report what's really going on and to not look at the southern border and say, when Joe Biden says, I'm waiting on them to give me the power to do something at the southern border, like, how obvious and easy is it to say, sir, you signed 94 executive orders undoing policies at the border uh, that Donald Trump put in place and you can put a pin on a piece of paper to see where the graph mm-hmm. starts to change in a drastic dra- direction. I mean, these are this this we're mathing here. These are numbers. Yeah. This is provable. This isn't like polls shifted drastically when blah blah blah. No, these are people who are coming in this country and they want to say f you with double birds walking out of a police station where they didn't have to pay cash bail after they assaulted police officers in our nation's greatest city. You did that. You're doing that. You're not even stopping it. And you want to hang all of that on the Republicans in the House. Why? So that you can win the next political battle. Man, if there isn't a tale as old as freaking time to watch Democrats say, I need to fix this problem. Everybody point at the problem. And I need those people over there, the bad guys, to do their job so that I can do what I need to do so that they can get elected and then not say anything about it for the next three years. No kidding. Blue city, blue city, blue city, blue city, over and over and over and over again. It's the same problems all the time. They show up when it's election time and all they do, identify a problem, find someone else to blame, convince the people who are willing to show up in the last seven minutes that you were willing to pay attention to a hurting community. You go to them and you say, I'll help you. Elect me. I'll help you. Those guys, they hate you. I'll help you. Get them to show up and you win. Republicans, you want to counter that? You better show up too. You can't just point at the other guys and say, they're the bad guys. That's what they do. Two o'clock hour, right around the corner. Don't go. Get more at 971talk.com.